Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm excited about baptism because I believe that, uh, that baptism is one of those revelations that uh, the body of Christ as a whole has, has lost. Um, we, what I grew up being taught was baptism is just an outward sign that you know you're a believer. And that was about it. And I said, well, I can tell people I'm a believer. I don't really understand why I'm supposed to. Why, what the big deal is here. And so we're going to real quickly get a revelation on resurrection and on death. And then we'll understand baptism. Amen? We'll understand what it is. There's two baptisms in the Bible. It's in Matthew 3.11. We see what they are. He says, I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gardener, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen. So we see there are two baptisms. Go on to the next verse, too, if you don't mind. Never mind. I thought there was another one there. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, we see there are two baptisms. There's baptism of water, which is the baptism of repentance, and there's baptism of the Holy Spirit. Both of them contain an impartation into the life of a Christian that is vital and necessary. We focus on baptism of the Spirit because we're Pentecostal. <laughs> And that's what we get really excited about. And we get this very outward sign where people begin to speak in tongues and, you, and people fall out. And we know, we know that when we're baptized with the Spirit, because Jesus told us what it was for. He said, when you're baptized with the Spirit, you're going to be able to go and work the works of God. You go forth and you produce miracles, signs, wonders everywhere you go. We understand that we are empowered to go forth and be witnesses in the world with the baptism of the Spirit. We understand the purpose of it. It's to wage war against Against the enemy and to bring our lost ones, bring lost people into Jesus. We understand the purpose of the baptism of the Spirit. But many times we've forgotten, we've lost actually in the body of Christ, I believe, what is a foundational truth that is the baptism of repentance, and that's the baptism of water. And I know it's a foundational truth because in Hebrews 6, verse 1, because this is really about the resurrected life, he says, God says, therefore, having Leaving the discussion of the elementary elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. We don't need to lay again the foundation of repentance, of dead works and faith toward God, of baptism, of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection. So the baptism of repentance is a baptism that imparts into you. It makes us one as partakers with the death and the resurrection life of Jesus. It is the baptism because repent we, doesn't mean that we ask forgiveness for. 
Repent means that I turn away from. I have to be empowered supernaturally to turn from sin and into righteousness. I have to be empowered supernaturally to turn from darkness and into light. I cannot work up that righteousness in myself. That righteousness isn't imparted into me just because I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin. It's it's an anointing that is imparted into me through baptism. Amen. So it's baptism so that I'm empowered to live the Christian life. He says, we've already heard this scripture today. We've heard several of these today. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. And uh, we go back up to Matthew chapter three and it, and it goes on and he says, Then cometh, this is verse 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized. But John forbade him, saying, I have need. Jesus said, I have need to be baptized of thee. And Jesus, that's what John said to him, sorry. And he says, Why do you come to me? And Jesus answered, saying unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So we understand that even Jesus had to be baptized in this baptism so that he could fulfill all righteousness. Amen. Got two more scriptures and we're going. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to take my time. So we're going we're gonna to begin to understand this change and impartation and the anointing that comes on us with baptism. And we're going to have a revelation of the resurrection life of Jesus in the process. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, we are buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. So the baptism... We're buried with him through the baptism. This is a spiritual impartation that we receive. That I am empowered to actually kill myself. Here's the thing about resurrection. Can nothing be resurrected unless it was first dead? Otherwise, it's just alive. I have to be able to put myself to death And in my members, somehow I'm already full of death. But I have to be able to put the death in me to death. I have to put to literally, put to, not literally, put to death my old self. I have to put to death my flesh so that the resurrection life of Jesus can come in me. Hallelujah. There can be no resurrection life unless there is first death. Otherwise, it's not resurrection. Jesus was just alive, but he wasn't resurrected until the devil had killed him. And then he could be resurrected. Amen. We are buried with Christ, and then we receive the power of his resurrection. Philemon, uh, Philippians, I apologize, chapter 3, verse 10. Paul is talking about how much he wants to know Jesus, and he said that I may know him and the power of of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death so that by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. 
This is one of my favorite scriptures, those two, because Paul tells us what it takes if we really want Jesus. Now, I can want to play church, and I can really even be saved. You know, I can, I can accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and, and be okay. But if I want God... I want 100% victory 100% of the time. I want to see how far I can go with him, how deep, how wide, how marvelous, how high this life with God can go. Then he said, I have to take on the mentality of I have to do whatever it takes so that I can kill whatever is from me that was in me, whatever that was born in me, that sin nature that stays stuck in me, that tries to stick itself back on me all the time. I have to do whatever it takes. I have to wake up every day and crucify my flesh. It takes whatever it takes if by any means I might attain so that I can be made conformable unto his death and my old self can be put to death. Then I can have the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. How many of us need resurrection life? I'm not talking about just being saved because many of us have had the revelation of a resurrected life in Jesus and that I'm now a new creation. I'm talking about how many of us really need, I need finances to be resurrected. I need health to be resurrected. We have family that needs to be resurrected. Amen. We have things in our life where death is still working in it. And I need the resurrection life of Jesus to touch it. Or I'm not in 100% victory 100% of the time. I'm in some percent of victory. Some percent of the time. And I don't want to settle for that. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, that's us, who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So here's what I began to see in this. Ever since Adam fell, God's purpose wasn't only redemption. God's purpose was a complete restoration of a type of resurrection life that Jesus became the firstborn from the dead in. All of us are born dead. We are born spiritually dead, and we just have our ticking time bomb waiting until, unless God intervenes, until we just die and go to spiritual death. That is all that is in us. But when God intervenes, we can enter into what Christ had the preeminence in, the very first in, that is the firstborn of the dead, and we receive resurrection life. Hallelujah. What is resurrection life? we got to have a revelation. We are going somewhere with it. We've got to have a revelation. What is resurrection life? Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of this. And if Christ be in you, the body 
is dead because of the sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him (laughs) that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken and bring to life our mortal bodies by the same spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit do mortify, kill and crucify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Hallelujah. He says that if the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. He is able to give me the same resurrection, supernatural life. What does that do in me? It works the kind of righteousness where I don't live after the flesh. I'm not governed by fleshly desires anymore. That's why it doesn't matter what desire you're drawn to sin with. It doesn't matter if it's drugs, if it's pornography, if it's homosexuality. It doesn't matter what desire draws you to sin because our flesh desires sin. It's the way we were born. We were born in sin, and so our flesh wakes up every morning deciding, I want sin. Our flesh actually, I actually was talking to an atheist about this one day. I said, listen, I'll prove to you that this is the truth because If you don't make yourself eat right, what do you desire food-wise every day? Only things that kill you. Junk food, candy, soda. I have to make myself eat something healthy. I have to make a conscious decision. If all I ate was stuff that I wanted and that my body craved, I would probably have a heart attack by now. And so would all of you. So I I have to take authority over the desires of my flesh sometimes and make them be right. So it doesn't matter what desire comes upon us that draws us into sin. What matters is that resurrection life pulls up inside of us and we pull out the resurrection life of Jesus that's been imparted to us. And he says, through that resurrection life, I can put to death my old self. I can put to death the desires of the flesh. I can put to death the sin that's already been working death in my life. I put it to death and then I can be, my life can be quickened. I can be made alive and resurrected with the resurrection life of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, the vision of this ministry is 100% victory 100% of the time. And you know, I know that many times we don't even, some of us come from a mentality where I don't even real, I don't, I honestly, I don't even see how that could be possible. Because I do good if I live in 1% victory 1% of the time. And we're actually, we're taught that in Christian churches. I was taught that growing up. You know, everybody has to sin a little bit every day. Everybody, you know, we're all, everybody's a sinner. We're all just sinners. I'm not a sinner. I don't have to sin a little bit every day because if I had to, then the power of Christ is not big enough over sin. And he tells me right here, all I have to do is have the resurrection life of Jesus imparted into my spirit. And that resurrection life can come springing up out of me and put to death every work of the flesh. 
I can have, you can have 100% victory over 100% of the devil, 100% of the time. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.